0: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart.
1: Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company,
0: Golden, Colorado.
1: Hey, we haven't even pulled away from the drive-thru and you're already digging in the McDonald's bag. (laughs) Aw,
0: babe, just a few.
1: (laughs) All right, I guess I can't blame you. Pass me some too.
0: (laughs) Uh, Smells too good to get it all the way home, Meal. There's a meal for every moment at McDonald's.
1: And now your favorite spicy chicken McNuggets are back. Get a six-piece spicy or classic for just two bucks, only at McDonald's. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast is brought to you by Triple Threat Sports. For all your team outfitting needs, call Chris at 708-478-6090. Mariska's in Crest Hill, family-owned and operated since 1933. And chuck's southern comforts cafe and burbank and darien visit chuckscafe.com let's drop the damn puck
0: welcome to the madhouse chicago hockey podcast with nbcchicago.com's james Navo. it's not even so much me as it's ronick he's good and 670 the scores hockey guy jay zawoski you
1: don't play this game with a big heart and a big bag of knuckles in front of the net you don't got dinky doo. Welcome
0: into the first real off-season installment of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. My name is James Navo from NBC Five Chicago. With me, as always, in spirit but not physically, the one, the only, the uber talented, the uber sexy Jay Zawoski. Jay, how is life, my friend? How was your weekend?
1: Uh, the weekend sucked. Um, we had a some behavioral issues with our six year old. But she's dead now, so it's okay. No, uh, she's fine. She's turned it around. She's been a good girl since then. But the weekend was not good. But today, my friend, was good. As you heard in the intro, we have a brand new sponsor that I can't wait to tell our listeners about. Brand new. Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe, Burbank, Darien. You'll hear all about them, uh, from now until the end of time. An awesome sponsor, a place that I truly love with all my heart and soul. And I went in there today and was already had my materials ready to go to pitch the podcast and i said here's what i'm thinking they said cool let's do it (laughs) and i said oh okay i had a lot more planned but awesome thank you so there we are we got a new sponsor chuck southern comforts cafe so we welcome them to the madhouse podcast uh awesome
0: we we got a new sponsor we're doing things that are productive
1: that's right. We're like real professional podcast people. You know what's funny? Uh, last night, as I was preparing, Hope was actually helping me. She's Hope's really good at the, um, like the graphic design, like laying things out. I have no clue how to do that stuff, so she was actually helping me like design this like cell sheet. She was, like I guess she found this thing where you can like plug in podcast numbers and find out your reach. Mm-hmm. Our one episode of our podcast has a reach of seventy nine thousand people.
0: We're clearly need to be charging more money for our ads, man. <laughs> That's we, crazy. Yeah, we we're apparently doing extremely well.
1: I don't, that can't be right. I mean I love our podcast, it's great, it's fun. That can't be right. There's there's gotta be a I must have added a zero or something. I don't know, but that that seems like a lot, but I guess in the grand scheme of things it's probably not, right?
0: Let's let's just be honest, Jay. We're extremely popular and we're you know, we're the cool kids now. All the All the kids want to come listen to what we have to say about hockey. God knows why, but they do.
1: Yeah. All right. Cool. All right. So enough
0: self-flagellation. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Anyway, uh, so we've got some news in Blackhawks land. I think we should probably start with the trade of Scott Darling, which answers the question. Do the Blackhawks like Scott Darling or Corey Crawford?
0: They like Corey Crawford. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And you know what? I want to say, I know you were out of town Um, So you weren't really close to it like I was. A pretty mature reaction overall for most of the people I saw on Twitter. I thought if this happened, people were going to go nuts. I thought it was going to be outrage, pitchforks and torches and all that stuff. But people were pretty calm, pretty level about it. I think sad and, you know, they don't want to see the guy go. They like him, obviously, like we all do. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think when reality struck that he's a UFA, um, at least they got something for him. So... Congrats to Scott Darling, who has now a chance to be an NHL starting goalie.
0: He's also got the chance to get paid, too, and I think that's the big thing that I'm going to take away from this is that um, kind of like when Dexter Fowler left the Cubs going into this season, you just wanted to see him get paid. That was, like, the big thing. This, for me, I want to see Scott Darling cash in and, you know, get those dollar signs, man. Go get that contract. You've earned it. You've played well. I want you to get some playing time, get some cash in your pocket. I really, I think this is going to be really good for him. I think the thing that surprised me is how early it happened. I thought this would have happened closer to the draft. I thought this would have happened closer to kind of free agency. I didn't expect it to come together this soon. Why do you think Carolina was in such a hurry to get this deal done? I'm kind of curious if you have a thought on it because I've yet to come up with one that really makes sense to me
1: well i wonder if it was Chicago. i wonder if it was carolina or the hawks that were in a hurry to get it done i don't know i i i the colorado i'm sorry i keep saying colorado there's a hockey card in front of me for our later segment i gotta bury it so i stopped <laughs> saying colorado because um, no one's getting my peter forsberg card sorry um <laughs> but i wonder if it was the hawks or the or the hurricanes that were were rushing it now uh the hawks probably got an offer and said Yeah, let's do it. We'll take something for nothing, right? I mean, we're going to lose him anyway. We might as well get something for him. Maybe they could have waited around and tried to get a better pick for him. But if I'm a team and I'm not guaranteed to get anything back or to have the player sign with me, I'm not going to give up too much. It also gives Carolina the option to expose um, Eddie Lack or Cam Ward or Scott Darling in the expansion draft. So it gives them Mm -hmm. some protection there as well. So um, I would think that if you're going to give up a third-round pick for a guy – Their intention is to sign him. I would be surprised if he doesn't sign there. And I think at this point in his career, Scott Darling is better than both Cam Ward and Eddie Lack.
0: Well, I think think that's a good point you bring up about the expansion draft. Obviously, they wouldn't be able to expose Scott Darling unless they sign him to a contract. So I I would imagine giving up a third-round pick, you're not doing that just to expose a guy for the NHL expansion draft. I get the sense that they're probably going to end up exposing Cam Ward. I think that's kind of the ultimate game plan here. I don't know what kind of contract situation he's under, whether he's got a no-trade clause or anything crazy like that, but I, I would imagine that Nat, that their plan at this point would be to go into next season with Eddie Lack and Scott Darling as their goaltenders and as the guys that are competing for a spot. And I, I think it's just another... This another instance of it seems like Carolina has a really good relationship with Chicago. It seems like those two teams make a lot of trades and so I feel I, I feel like that maybe helped kinda expedite the process and get it done quicker. I just thought it was really interesting that they got it done in April and that they didn't wait until, you know, May or June when the playoffs are a little further along, free agency's a little closer. I just thought it was interesting they got it done as early as they did.
1: Looking at Cam Ward's contract here, $3.3 million cap hit he is signed through the end of next season with a modified no-trade clause. That means he submits a list of 15 teams uh, to which he can be dealt. So um, maybe he wants to play in Vegas, maybe not, but that's one of the stipulations of his contract. So maybe Eddie Lack uh, is the guy. I I don't know. I I still think... They might have we're talking we're breaking down Carolina Hurricanes goaltending situations here, Mister. Hey, the
0: Blackhawks are done playing <laughs> hockey. We need to talk about something.
1: But uh, I think that uh, Eddie Lack might be still in her future plans. I don't know if they're ready to give up on him, but I don't know. It's going to be interesting. It'll be interesting. The whole the whole expansion draft is going to be fascinating. Um, I'm I guess you can't say you're looking forward to it, but I'm I'm excited to see how it unfolds. It's going to be interesting to see a whole new team you know built up from scrap pieces from from uh the teams around the league and i think when you look at it and you look at the sort of players that are going to be available they could be pretty decent right off the bat
0: they ended up with what the uh number six pick in the draft did i see that right when the it was
1: four or six one of the two
0: they i know they didn't get a very high pick i couldn't believe philadelphia got all the way up to number two that's crazy that rarely happens
1: that's the sort of thing that can quickly make you a contender too. The Flyers are a good team, and if you can add a number two overall pick, and I haven't even started draft prep yet. I'm still in playoff mode. Um, but a number two pick is going to be a player you're pretty much guaranteed is going to be pretty good. So to see a player like that added to the Flyers, maybe it's someone who's NHL ready, maybe a year away, but look out for Philly, man. That's a pretty good team. I, yeah. I, li- I like what the Flyers have.
0: I completely agree with you. Um, I think that... In the very early perusals of the different websites I look at for NHL draft content, the hockey writers is up there. They always do a really nice job uh, breaking down prospects. I'm sure a lot of other sites are going to start coming out with mock drafts and really kind of delving into this. And I think it's going to be interesting this year, like really preparing for it because obviously with the draft being in Chicago, I, th- I think we're going to feel a little bit more of um, a little bit more compelled to really dig into the draft this year and unfortunately everything that I've seen early suggests that there's no like dynamite number one can't miss talent like a Connor McDavid or an Austin Matthews in this draft but they're still there's still obviously really good players at the top it's gonna be really interesting to see kind of how everything shakes out in the end
1: want to tell we told you about our new sponsor Chuck Southern Coverage Cafe want to tell you about our first original sponsor Triple Threat Sports You know they are the best place in the area to get your NHL jerseys lettered, but they're also the best place to go if your team needs jerseys. If you're an elite travel team, a high school team, college program, softball, whatever, you have to outfit hundreds of kids or you're a beer and pizza league with 12 players, Triple Threat can put you in pro-quality jerseys at pricing you can afford. Triple Threat Sports can work with you on every aspect of the job, logo design, fitting, apparel for off-ice, you name it. And, of course, you don't have to be a hockey player to wear uniforms from Triple Threat, They can get uniforms and apparel for all sports, baseball, softball, football, lacrosse, and more. So for more info, he said, swallowing, call Chris at 708-478-6090. That's 708-478-6090. Or email him for more info at chris at com. Triple Threat Sports, if you can wear it, they can make it. And I want to thank Triple Threat as always for supplying everything from our Patreon site patreon.com slash madhouse pod. We will uh, triple threat. Chris at triple threat is also getting us a banner to bring along with us on our remote broadcasts. So a nice uh, permanence thing we could put behind us on walls or on tables to let people know who we are when they're at the bar just staring at us blankly.
0: I like that idea. (laughs) That's a really good thing.
1: Yeah. I thought that was something we should, we could need. So the next big thing on the Patreon list is to get a speaker. We got to get a speaker so we can, protect ourselves out to the audience when we're at one yeah. of these remotes so that way we could do on location podcasts that would be absolutely ideal so that's the next goal we're very very close but if you'd like to help us reach that goal check out patreon.com madhousepod several options to support this lowly podcast that we do out of the love of our hearts and our love for you <laughs> and chicago hockey action all right so another piece of news today Just a small one, but it made me feel old as shit. Uh, I tweeted about it. You may have seen it. Today, the USHL held their draft, and Tony Amani's son, Ty Amani, was drafted by the Chicago Steel. Cool, right? A former Blackhawk, his Mm -hmm. son's in the league. Here's the problem. I vividly remember the day Tony Amani's son was born. Like, vividly remember that. Like, We were at the game. It was in the heyday of Tony Amani. The Hawks were starting the downward decline to suck them that they had for about a decade when Tony Amani was there and after he (laughs) left. But I remember his son being born, and he had the greatest name, Ty Rocco Amani. And I saw that today, and my heart jumped. Oh my God, his kid is playing professional hockey already. I could not believe that. So, just a little note (laughs) that uh, it got me a little bit uh, nostalgic. And a little bit, uh, man, time flies. It's it's kind of scary.
0: Yeah, I obviously am not, you know, wasn't as into the uh, Blackhawks, you know, birthing habits as you were back in the day. But, yeah. Well, listen, you, hang on. You know,
1: <laughs> when, when your team's bad, you sort of, you find a way to connect with them, right? Like, you find a way to... Uh, make them endear themselves to you. You say, Yeah, you know, there's not a ton to cheer for here. So, the guys that are there to cheer for, like Tony Amani, mm-hmm. you really pay a lot of attention to them. And this is obviously back when I was more of a fanboy than I am now. And I spent time with a lot of similar minded Hawks fans. And I think when you're that age, like in your late teens, early 20s, you do feel maybe part of things more than you really are. So we did have that sort of interest in the personal lives of the players a little bit. So I remember that vividly. Ty Rocco Amani was born, and now he is a member. Well, I don't know how the USHL draft works, but he might be a member of the Chicago Steel in a short time here.
0: Well, the Chicago Steel also drafted a Chicago Blackhawks prospect, uh, John Dahlstrom.
1: I saw that, was drafted yes.
0: by the uh, Steel in the phase two of the draft. What we need to do is we need to have a... Uh, we, we need to have a USHL guest on again to kind of give us a rundown of how the heck this draft worked because I have no flipping idea. I, I've been trying to like read up on it and yeah, it makes about as much sense to me as anything that Canada does with the OHL or the WHL and the way they do drafting and trades and all that. Not It still boggles my mind that you can trade a 16-year-old kid. Like it, it's absolutely crazy to me that that's the level of commitment that Canada has to the sport of hockey. It's just nuts.
1: Well, you know the kids know though at a pretty young age are going to go pro. Like I, I had a friend uh, in high school that left high school to go pro. He never made it to the NHL, but he you know he he jumped around some junior leagues here and there. Um, never really got a chance, and probably didn't deserve one. He wasn't that great, but he he took a shot. But he knew from what probably when he was 13 or 12 that it was a real possibility and that he would have to consider leaving high school to chase that dream so i don't know at 16 it sounds crazy but i think when you already know from that young of an age hockey is sort of unique in that way where talent can be discovered from a really early spot and then it's just a matter of developing it um so yeah i mean it is still weird to trade a 16 year old but I think if in any sport, probably least crazy in hockey, if that makes sense. No,
0: I think you're totally right. It's just that to me, it just, it's still like hard to believe that that's the level that that's at. I mean, you, you don't see high school football players get traded. Like even like AAU basketball, like that's not like, I don't think that's even to the level that like the OHL and the WHL and the QMJHL up in Canada, it's not to that level of just you know, people being absolutely obsessed with it and it being broadcast on television. And it's just, it's absolutely crazy to me. But I, and I love like reading about the drafts and everything. And it's really interesting to see the way that hockey is kind of structured in the lower levels building up to the NHL. You see, this is what we end up doing when the Blackhawks aren't playing, man. We start digging into stuff like this and it's fascinating, but it's still sad.
1: It's, I think it's more depressing than fascinating, but I'll go with fascinating. I'm in a good mood today, so we'll go with fascinating versus depressing, just for this one podcast.
0: Yeah, well, you didn't fly today, so naturally you're in a good mood.
1: I didn't, but I'll tell you where I was today, and it's time to tell our listeners about our new sponsor, Chuck Southern Comforts Cafe. Um, I was there, so of course I'm going to eat. Um, it's awesome. You got to go there. There's two locations, actually. There's one in Burbank, 6501 West 79th Street. And in Darien, 8025 South Cass Avenue. So that's the Cass location's right off I 55 on Cass, and the Burbank one is about 79th and Narragansett, right in that area, if that helps you out. Check out Chuck'sCafe.com for a list of all their specials, everything they have going on. They've got a uh, Cinco de Mayo special this weekend, they've got a Mother's Day buffet coming up, uh, tons of things going on. They always have the beignet breakfast. Um, just great food all the time at Chuck's. They offer the best and barbecue mexican and cajun fare my favorites are the cochinita pibil that's the uh saturday special the barbecue nachos which are outstanding and the jambalaya is out of this world just really great food anyone you bring there will find something they will love there's something for everybody at chucks they've got a great bar with dozens of craft beers and an ever-rotating beer menu they offer catering and banquet services you could have your wedding there at the darien location we had our baby shower at the Burbank location. Chuck's is a great place. They've also appeared on Chicago's Best and Food Network's Diners, Drive Ins and Dives TV show. You can find those on YouTube. Just type them in the Google there and they'll pop right up. So visit Chuckscafe.com or follow them on Twitter at Chuck's Cafe. Again, we welcome Chucks to the Madhouse Chicago hockey podcast. Family. I'm gonna call it a family, damn it. <laughs>
0: We are indeed a family here at the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast, man. That's a good way to describe what it is that we do. That's right.
1: Well, the best part was um, when I went in there to sort of pitch the podcast, uh, the manager's name is Lisa, and I've known her for a long time. Uh, I, so she's like, so will every episode be here? I was like, no, not, <laughs> not every episode. <laughs> I'm like, we'll probably do, you know, during the season, maybe once a month. And then off-season, maybe every other month? She's like, yeah, great. that You guys could just rotate rotate, rotate locations.
0: Go ahead, English. Yeah. It, you can do I'm just, it. I'm
1: sorry. I'm just excited. And they're excited to have us, so it's going to be an awesome partnership. Uh, and I can't wait. I can't wait. Seriously, agreed with them today on the deal and uh, got them in the podcast tonight. Very exciting. Very exciting. All right, so the other piece of news, news item number three, is the signing of check-forward- David Kampf.
0: And we did check that, by the way, to make sure that he was indeed Czech. And he is Czech.
1: Yes, he's Czech. And we're assuming it's Kampf because That's how it's spelled. Eastern European typically has a soft A. Correct. Right? Yep. Uh, Alright. That wraps up my knowledge of David Kampf.
0: I I love the team name <laughs> that he played on. It's like Parati well Yeah, it's a bonkers name, man, but he definitely uh Looks like he's got a little bit of scoring ability. He had 15 goals in the Czech League this year. He uh, represented the Czech Republic in a couple international tournaments. It looks like uh, he has played in the World Junior Championships before. He's 22, so it's not like he's he's not like a very raw player. I think that you're kind of going to see him settle into, it almost looks like a second or third line role, depending on what the Blackhawks would have envisioned for him. If he makes the jump next year, I I just say, th- I think it's interesting. It's not like a level an our Panarin level of excitement with a player, right. but seems like he gave me a good piece.
1: Yeah. People seem to be excited about it. I know there are a lot of teams after him as well. Um, so here's what I did. This is my, this is my research um i'm I'm a real stickler for accurate rosters so i went right on nhl 17 today i knew that parati team is in the game and he was on there and he was a 70 overall and the player type was marked as sniper he was Mm. the highest rated player on that team most of like the european players in nhl 17 are in the 60s or 50s he was a 70 um so for what that's worth they also had him listed as a center Another funny note about the NHL 17 thing was when I traded Scott Darling, I was looking at his profile, and it says career potential, right? So it'll say, like, superstar, franchise player, backup goalie. (laughs) For Scott Darling, it said fringe starter. Oh. Now, how's that for accuracy? Yeah. (laughs) I just, I had to chuckle at that. It was like, that's probably exactly right. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah uh damn that you couldn't have nailed it any more accurately than that uh congratulations to ea
1: sports they got they got that one right for sure yeah it's but michael kempney was like a 45 overall or something when he was oh whammy yeah that's kind of sad for him yeah well what are you gonna do um yeah so I, i like them looking at different sources to find players um guys with some professional experience guys with some big game experience like you said, the excitement level of Panarin is not there, and you should not have the same expectation for Kampf as you did for Panarin. But uh, look, anything you can do to add options to add organizational depth, you do it. Stan Bowen did it, and I'm uh, interested to see how it's going to pan out.
0: I completely agree. Any anything you can do to add to the depth of this team, I think, is going to be important, especially as you go into an off season where there is going to be some upheaval in the depth of this team and you might even see, like, one or two stars leave. Who the heck knows? You know, it's going to be a really interesting off season on West Madison, and th- these were just uh, merely the first couple of salvos and what I would expect to be quite a bit of uh,
1: upheaval on that roster. Speaking of upheaval, have we discussed the Mike Kitchen firing? Uh, I don't think we've been together since then, have we? I'm
0: trying to think. When did he – he got fired, like, pretty shortly. Or, yeah, we did because <laughs> – I had a theory about Joel Quenville's reaction to it.
1: Yes, that's right. And we did. And what about Ted Dent?
0: Yeah. Ted Dent, I don't think we did.
1: Okay. Well, let's do it just in case we didn't. Okay. Um, Not a huge surprise. People that follow Rockford uh, seem to be the least surprised. Um, Seems like things are sort of falling apart down there. Um, Even from, like, casual observers. guys like I know our guy, Puckin' Hostile, went to a couple games and just observed, like, holy cow, this is a train wreck guys aren't trying they're having tantrums on the bench yep. and i know there were some things that uh ted dent did that upset the blackhawks i know there was a tweet complaining that the blackhawks were stripping rockford of all their talent well yeah that's what you're there that's for what pal. You're th-
0: yeah that's your job sorry
1: yeah get over that and uh there was one other thing and i can't recall what it is oh um when i think when mcneil was traded uh he was asked about it and said something like you got to ask Stan Bowman or something snappy. He was pissed about the trade happening. Look, dude, your your job as a minor league coach is to develop these players so they're ready for the for the NHL roster. I know. Yeah, your I, job's
0: not to win the Calder Cup. Sorry. Well, That's I know, not what it is.
1: I, there, I know, like, the world that you're living in, not you, but, like, the collective you, is the biggest thing to you. And I understand, like, I'm not going to totally ball bat the guy for it because every day he's living and dying with the Rockford Icehogs, doing a ton of work right? He doesn't have the help that an NHL coach would have, and he loves these guys and are trying to win, so I understand the frustration. I do, but um, to do something public like that, that's something you keep under wraps and just, you know, this kind of is the crappy part of my job, right? You keep it to yourself. You don't go spouting it off on Twitter or bitching about it to the press. No, it's part of the job. You suck it up and you move on, but I I, I can understand you know, why it could be frustrating. But again, just just keep it to yourself, man.
0: Yeah, definitely. I thought Rockford has uh, churned out a few good players uh, during Ted Dent's time there, but I just think the drama that it kind of enveloped that organization and the way that they interacted with the Blackhawks and the way that all kind of was going down, that obviously had to have played the biggest role by a country mile in the decision to get rid of Ted Dent. So that just... It was kind of one of those things that needed to happen. I think they need a new voice and some new blood down there. And with the way they're going to need to start churning out, especially defensive talent in the next few years, you got to have someone that buys into the program and someone that's actually dedicated to not only winning games at that level. Cause as you know, like it, it is important to try and win games. It's not the end of the world. If you don't, the development's the ultimate end goal we still want guys who are going to try to do that. So I think they needed just a new face down there. They needed some new leadership. And I think the move definitely made a lot of sense from that perspective. No
1: doubt. And, uh, you know, we, we mentioned it after the season ended how Stan Bowman was pissed and there's going to be changes. And he's, he's not been shy, man. He's not been shy about cutting some heads off here. Um, and we're going to see, you know, once the Stanley Cup ends, we're going to see what's next. Um, I think the team's going to look a little bit different next year. I don't know what that means i will say this i'd be stunned if marcus Kruger's back
0: uh yeah i i still i think he and i think he and TVR are gone next season i really do
1: yeah maybe one of them gets taken in a draft and whichever one vegas does not take um i've heard whispers of maybe working out a trade with vegas to to make that happen the other player so that vegas ends up with both Kruger and van reemstyke we'll see we'll see hmm. i've heard that from one person maybe more speculation anything but um i'd be shocked if he's back you've got some like with the signing here of, of comp and you have got rasmussen you've got schmaltz you've got guys that have to play um that are frankly contributing more and i've always been a big fan of marcus krueger but when you see you know you're looking at this team as a whole here and the great players the taveses the hoses the seabrooks the keiths are starting to show signs of decline right so when those guys that are pr- are you know kind of fringe players third fourth liners in their prime as they get older they're going to just become ineffective and I and I know injuries were a big part of Kruger's season last year and I don't want to totally write the guy off but like I said after the playoffs if you're going to pay three million dollars for a fourth line checking center he's got to be the guy to take your hardest matchups and he's not that guy so with that in mind you've got to you've got to let him go you can find someone else to be your second toughest defensive center for way way less than three million dollars I'm sorry
0: I would, I would completely agree with that. On a uh, slightly unrelated note, well, pretty unrelated, I'm watching the uh, Senators and Rangers game right now, and they just aired, again, the Patrick Kane Gatorade commercial where he, you know, fires the puck and skates toward the bench as it's, you know, heading in, and it's all dramatic, and he wins the game, and what a, what a year for Gatorade to just completely screw. <laughs> Just completely get screwed on their ads because Patrick Kane and the Blackhawks got swept out of the playoffs scoring three whole goals. And then their other guy, Paul George, who makes the clutch shot at the end of his commercial, literally has like never made a buzzer beater apparently. So it's just like poor Gatorade. I feel so bad for them. Just bad luck all around for that company.
1: Well, the Kane thing is a pretty safe bet. You think you're going to get at least at least seven games, six games or a second round out of it? But yeah and i the first time i saw that commercial was after the hawks were eliminated Yep. and it was just like uh <laughs>
0: just rang so uh what a kick in the balls yeah that was the worst man i
1: love i love sports commercials where the opponents are just like faceless blues yep like here's player x and he's got a normal face Like
0: there's you no know what face. that's how st louis should be should be faceless
1: i agree i agree <clears throat> all right uh oh i want to hear about boston tell me about boston
0: Oh yeah, for those of you that uh, don't follow me on social media, I, get, I tried not to post a ton about it while I was there, because I hate when people do that, when it's just like, nonstop, like, oh, I'm going to share everything I do, every meal I eat, blah, blah, blah. I went to Boston for the Cubs-Red Sox series this weekend, did get to go to the uh, Friday game, where Jake Arrieta gave up five runs in the first inning, Chris Bryant hit a massive freaking home run over the Green Monster. Mammoth Dong, and, as they call it. No, oh, it was heat. Yeah, it was massive, dude. I saw a couple of them, actually, this weekend in Boston. Baseball. Baseball-related. Come on. Um, I also saw Manny Machado hit an absolute moonshot last night. I went to the game. Man, that guy is sick. Like, watching him play baseball. I know Mike Trout is the best player in the game, without question to me. But... Manny Machado is really, really good. Just, he can do everything, and he is one of my favorite players to watch. So that was definitely an experience. Going to Fenway itself, I had never been there, was incredible. Seeing all the stuff that I got to see, I got to eat dinner at the Prudential Center in downtown. It's like on the 50th floor. You get a beautiful view of the harbor and the city from up there. It's just Boston is a really cool place. Got to drink at some awesome bars. Got to go to Dirty Nelly's, a couple other places. Everyone was very welcoming to all the Chicagoans. We got maybe like one or two guys who were like, ah, Cubs fans. Uh, pretty much everybody was like, we know how you guys felt, and we're happy that you finally got to win a championship. They could not have been nicer, even though it felt like half the crowd at Fenway was Cubs fans the night that I was there. So everyone was really welcoming. It was really great. And then, of course, get home last night and read about Adam Jones and what happened with him. And it honestly kind of put a little bit of a damper on my enthusiasm for all the nice Red Sox fans that I ran into. Because apparently, for those of you that didn't follow the story, I think it was like 40 people were ejected for screaming racist taunts at Adam Jones last night. Somebody threw a banana peel at him. Somebody threw a baseball back at him. It was just a really bad scene, apparently, last night. So it, it kind of put a little bit of a damper on the enthusiasm that I had for the Boston vans that I ran into. But overall, still really enjoyed the trip and really enjoyed the city.
1: Well, listen, what happened to Adam Jones is disgusting. And some of the comments afterwards are disgusting. Um, but I, you can't let one thing paint an entire fan base. You know, it's... And it goes good or bad, you know. People say, "Well, Cubs fans are the most loyal." Eh, there's a lot of fair weather Cub fans around right now. You know what I mean? Plenty. So you can't, you can't, you can't pigeonhole a fan base because of a, a bad few. I will say this: I don't know if you saw CC Sabathia's comments today, too. He said that he's been called the N word in Boston, and that's the only place it's ever happened to him. And the 62 black players in the league sort of have this knowledge that, yep, we're going to Boston, so it's going to happen. Uh, And that's a reputation that city's had for a long time. And you can call it a stereotype, call what you want. But um, there's been a lot of, you know, detailed incidents in Boston uh, that that point that way. So, again, don't let it ruin your experience. Don't let it ruin your trip. You met good people. They treated you well. And what they said on the ESPN broadcast, uh, I think it was Dan Schulman or it was either uh, him or Aaron Boone, were saying, like, the whole atmosphere of the games at Fenway was like, yeah we did it like you know like it was it was a co-celebration almost as as if Red Sox fans were celebrating the cubs world series with them because of like you said we know what it's like we know what it felt like and, and we're glad you got to finally experience it too really cool and
0: the reverential tones with which they talk about theo epstein were incredible too like everybody that basically everybody that saw my cubs hoodie or whatever was like Ah, that Theo Epstein is something, isn't he? Like everyone's still no one no one has any animosity toward him for leaving. Everybody is happy that he found success in Chicago. And like that to me was like kind of cool. Like everybody just kind of being like, Yeah, Theo. What a Theo and like John Lester and John Lackey and all those guys and my one of my lift drivers was just talking up and down about Koji Uhara about how much he loved him and how much he missed him and how happy he was that he had made it to the Cubs. And I, I also I got to meet a couple of cool people. Um, I got to, I don't know if anyone knows Sarah Connors from Twitter. She's huge Boston Bruins blogger. I believe she works at Stanley Cup of Chowder. Yeah. Uh, she is fantastic. I got to meet her this weekend. We went to the Cubs game together. Um, she turned me on to the Arsenal bar in Boston. Unfortunately, that experience did not go well since Arsenal got their heads pounded in by Tottenham. Not That wasn't fun, but the beer was. I, dra- I drank copious <laughs> amounts helped, of alcohol, right? Jay. You, you'd be very proud of the level of alcohol consumption that I, I managed to uh, pull off this weekend. I did very well for myself.
1: Did you jump off a speaker and fall like Theo Epstein did?
0: No, and I also did not damage the World <laughs> Series trophy, which reportedly happened. Well... Th- that is a Deadspin report that the Cubs World Series trophy was damaged by drunken fans at that concert. I'm blaming that uh, Spiegel.
1: I, you know, I wouldn't go blaming the fans. From some of the stories I've heard about how those guys party at Hot Soul of Cool Music, especially this year, uh, I wouldn't pin it all on the fans, necessarily. Oh, those I'm guys blaming guys were... it on Spiegel, dude. Oh, yeah, well, okay. i'm i'll i'll do it that's i'm down with that okay for sure i'm
0: glad we came to that agreement
1: all right i'm glad you had a good time boston is a cool town despite its flaws like every city in america of course um except chicago uh you ready to do some emails
0: absolutely let's do
1: it let's go
0: email the guys at madhousepod at gmail.com or follow them on twitter at madhousepod
1: The email segment is brought to you by our friends at Mariska's Restaurant, 604 Theodore Street in Crest Hill, just west of Route 53, 815-723-9371. Family owned and operated at the same awesome location since 1933. They've got their hand-cut products in their own butcher shop, including the steaks, burgers, the famous poor boy sandwich, one of the best food items you'll ever eat in your entire life. Go to Mariska's, you will be a happy person. They've got great steaks, seafood, and chops. The onion rings are outstanding. The double-baked potatoes as big as your head. The Icelandic cod, always hand-cut on premises. They've got a full carryout menu, a bar loaded with craft beer, bag with f- facilities for up to 110 people. So visit marishkas.com and check them out on facebook.com slash marishkas. Open seven days a week and close only on Christmas Easter, the 4th of July, and Thanksgiving. Marishkas is another awesome sponsor we are proud to be associated with, and we thank them for their continued partnership with the podcast family, as we're calling it from now on, like a mafia.
0: Ah, yes, I enjoy that.
1: All right, ready? We got a lot of emails, Sam. I'm, I'm happy.
0: Well, good.
1: All right, Ken Bockelman, a, a frequent emailer. By the way, James, be paying attention because this week you will choose the recipient of the emailer of the show who gets a card, a random card from my '90s hockey card collection. Except right? your uh, Peter Forsberg. Except my Peter Forsberg. Not giving up. And I just found a uh, Eric Dickerson thousand yard club. Ooh,
0: <laughs> look at you.
1: <laughs> so there's more to me than hockey jerks. Okay, <laughs> uh, so Ken Backleman speaks for all of America when he says, why does NBCSN feel the need to force feed Pierre Maguire down our throats every night? The network in general can use an enema. Us hardcore American hockey fans deserve better. You know, Ken, at this point, Pierre Maguire is just a slight annoyance to me. The issue for me is Mike Milbury. Dang, dang, dang. You can say what you want about Pierre McGuire being kind of dorky and kind of over the top and, you know, a little bit geeky with the players and kind of weird and close talky and socially awkward, but the guy does his best. Mike Milbury is a bleeping clown. What he said about PK Subban using the word clown, I believe, uh, to describe his pregame dancing. Just say what you want to say, Mike. Just say it, because we all know what it means. We all know what you're trying to say. You don't have a problem with other hockey players celebrating before games. I saw New York Rangers uh, long snapping the puck to each other and acting like you're playing a football game. No comment there. Hmm, interesting. Hmm. And we've talked about him throughout, for years, about his meatballishness, his uh, wa- his want for retaliation and headhunting and all the dumb crap that he's done. I don't know what he's done in his hockey career to warrant the job that he's landed with NBCSN but if there is some silver lining to all these guys at ESPN getting laid off it's maybe NBCSN can hire someone with a friggin' thought and a friggin' brain in her head and improve the broadcast for all of us
0: do you really want them to hire a guy like uh John Butchergrass though is that like what you're wanting NBC to do
1: I think John well I like Liam McHugh I think McHugh has done a, a good job of, uh, I just think there's no connection to him for people. And for me, again, I like Liam McHugh, but I feel like Liam McHugh is there waiting for the next thing to open up. I don't feel like he truly loves hockey. I know John Bouchergross loves hockey, and I know a lot of people don't like him. I'm a huge fan of his. I used to watch NHL Tonight with him and Steve Levy every night he was there as I was growing as a hockey fan, and he's a huge part of the reason I love hockey. That's a guy who uh brings personality to the game brings personality to the players that's what this sports needs more than anything is for fans to associate and think about and recognize the players on the ice and it was there in the 90s and it was there in the 80s and now it's not there there's no affection for the star players think about that think about the great players playing right now and there's like alexander ovechkin should be beloved by everybody in hockey right sure if you're a rival team you're not gonna love him, but that dude is everything you want in a hockey player and they paint him as like a villain and a bust and and something bad for the game it's ridiculous i'm i'm tired of that crew keith jones i like him jeremy roenick dude the jeremy roenick the player is the reason i love hockey jeremy roenick the man and analyst keep it i'm ready for a complete flush Of that broadcast. Liam McHugh can stay. Fine. But I want some fresh blood in there. I want some guys with some uh, better and more progressive hockey thoughts. I'm not just talking about social. Nothing like that. I just want guys that are not just going to default to the old 80s and 70s. Let's beat his ass. Philosophy. No. Get some fresh blood in there. It's time.
0: I do like Catherine Tappen. I think she does a really nice job. Yeah,
1: I agree. But see, that's what I'm saying. Like Younger people with a more progressive mind towards the game. The game is not... Today's game is nothing like when Mike Milbury played and nothing like when Keith Jones played. Nothing about the game is like that anymore. So to have those guys up there, it's ridiculous. It's like having Red Grange call a football game. It's not the same thing anymore. It's not two yards in a cloud of dust, right? You've got to evolve your broadcast to, as, as the sport evolves. Look at, uh, look at CBS hiring Tony Romo and getting rid of Phil Simms. They're going younger. They're going more modern. They're going with the guy who's played in the in the memories of twenty year old people, right? It's it's the thing to do. That's you've got to keep your broadcast young if you want. Look, the the, the young people are the, that's the key demographic. I know that's from radio. The demographic we chase is men twenty five to fifty four, the men who remember Phil Sims, and Mike Milbury playing hockey. They're at the end of that demo. So it's time for some fresh blood. And I thought Jeremy Ronick would do that, but I don't know if he's just so raw as a broadcaster that he just becomes a cliche machine, but I want someone who's going to say something and think about what they're saying, as opposed to this... Just- you know, verbal diarrhea all the time, like we see on the, on the uh, broadcast constantly.
0: I, I'm putting my uh, weight behind your candidacy to be the new uh, talking head on NBC. I think you
1: do a really good job. I don't I'm not even qualified for that. I'm not, I'm not saying, but I'm not saying me. I want someone who played like Ryan Whitney, for example, is a guy who's doing some work with Barstool and I've heard him on some, he's done some other radio gigs. That's a guy who played the game recently, who's got a, a personality and who's got opinions. How about a guy like Paul Bissonette? That's a guy who's played the game recently. Yeah, he was an enforcer, but he's got personality. How about Dan Carcillo?
0: I, I still think Paul Bissonette, he'd kind of go down the uh, facey, punchy route too much. But I can agree with the other names that you brought up.
1: How about John Scott?
0: I, I could see that, yeah.
1: John Scott's a smart guy who fought in this league because it's what he had to do to survive. But he knows. I've interviewed the guy before. He knows what the game is now. He knows how it works. He knew that he is like the last of a dying breed. So bring someone in with some recognition, with some thoughts, with some intelligence, and reinvent that broadcast. That's what they need to do. I'm sorry.
0: You would have to dig a trench for him to stand in, though. Otherwise, he would be towering over
1: everybody, and it would look weird on TV. (laughs) Just put everyone else on milk crates.
0: There you go. All
1: right. I got an email here from our guy, Mike Kinsella. Uh, He also comments in on Millbury. We just mentioned that. Uh, He says... uh, Let's see. Yeah, he says, I'm trying to type like James is yelling. Why not embrace Suban and market him instead of having ass wipes like Mike freaking Milbury put him in his place? Gah. Yes! That's in <laughs> all caps.
0: <laughs> Thank God someone has finally captured my essence.
1: Well, you know what's good about this is that fans are starting to notice this crap that Mike Milbury does. And they're starting to get tired of it and uh hopefully NBCSN will get the message and, and make some changes it's time and there's too many good free agents out there like scott burnside pierre lebrun too many guys who can actually add something to a broadcast um that that deserve that job so there's hundreds of others too but those are just off the top of my mind two free agents that just hit the market and uh john buchigar also be available this summer so you want to make him the face of your broadcast i say go for it all right uh email here from Alex from Sycamore. He said, I just started listening. He or she, I'm not sure if it's a male or female Alex. I just started listening to the podcast this year. and want to thank you for keeping me informed and entertained. I recently read an article that said the Lightning were trying to trade Jonathan Drouin for a top four defenseman. If I remember correctly, he was having some disagreements with Lightning management a couple years ago, and I thought the Hawks were possibly interested in him. Do you think Drouin is worth a top four defenseman? And would you like to see him in a Hawks sweater? Um, I do think he's worth that. I would like to see him in a Hawks sweater. However, the Hawks don't have any of those they can afford to trade right now.
0: No, they do not. That would be the one thing I would say. That when I first, I had seen that story, and the first thing I thought of was, would you, would the Blackhawks consider trading a guy like Nick Jalmerson for Jonathan Ann? And on its face, it's completely crazy because Nick Jalmerson has... A tremendously value, a value contract, I would argue. And I would also argue that he is just so damn important to that team. I, I, I can't imagine a scenario where it would end up being worth it in the end for the Blackhawks to sign him to a deal or, or to trade him for Jonathan Drouin. I That would be about the level that I would think that Tampa would want for him. And I just I don't see the Blackhawks doing it yeah they can't
1: and I know as much as Stan Bowman said it was about the uh offense this year you cannot afford to trade Nicholas Jalmerson you just can't that guy is I aside from Duncan Keith probably your most valuable player at this point you can there's no way you yeah. can move him sorry
0: I I I gotta agree I got it's a good it's a good thought though like that no, definitely. I definitely like where I like where Alex's head is at because you're gonna you're gonna have to get creative to do something with this. And I think that that could be a good area of creativity is adding another forward. So I like it. I like where that is. Sure. At.
1: I, I like the direction. I just I don't think the Hawks have what it takes to make it happen right now. That's all I'm saying. All mm-hmm. right. Email here from Curtis. Kinda long. Uh talks about our Panarin versus Saad conversation from last podcast. I ended up winning that somewhere around sixty forty, but very close, as we expected it would be. He said, My yep. brother and I had the same conversation before Game 4 against the Preds. My take was Panarin is a hell of a player, but just not diversified enough. In fact, the whole front end just is not diversified. I said, A guy like Sod, without a little more size and power, forward type, is what they are missing. Hell, even one or two more of those guys, since Hosa is finally showing a little age, if the price is right this offseason, and it was a good offer in return... I would not think twice about doing Panarin. He says at the same time, it's hard to sit back and be that upset at where the Hawks are at. They have come such a long way since Calder Bell and Boris Mironov. During those dark (laughs) ages, I... I had all three jerseys, by the way. All three of those. During the dark ages, I never would have thought I would witness what the Hawks have accomplished in the last 10 years. My question is, how do you compare the Hawks' run to Other recent NHL so called dynasties or teams that have won more than one cup in a 10 year or so span. Red Wings, Avalanche, Devils, Kings, and Penguins come to mind. I think the only one that's comparable is the Penguins. Um, they're a team, you could say the Kings. They've won two. The Penguins have won two and could very well win another one this year. Um, but I have to eliminate the Kings because they've missed a the playoff so much.
0: Yeah, that's that to me, I think, eliminates them from the conversation. At least the Penguins the only reason they, I think I would argue, the only reason they did not win another cup at some point was because of the constant kind of health issues of Sidney Crosby.
1: Yeah, of course. And there's another one now. Yeah. Ugh, man. That,
0: that hit was nasty, by the way. That was not, a, that was not pleasant. And I, I'm really torn on whether or not that was a uh, suspension worthy hit that fell them the uh, cross check to the head it was really close
1: you know in in real time it's tough to call that one um man it it just the result is horrible it's the last thing you want um and i'm not going to say no there was no intent there but it's hard for me to say you know seeing that crosby sort of fell and he kind of went right to hand level when he went down like yeah it seemed like there was an extra effort there to make the push once he went down but i don't know it's so hard it's so hard to say what intent was but right to call a penalty of course and uh, man i hope he he's already been announced he's out for game four but you gotta hope he can return in these playoffs because that dude is the best player on the planet right now and there's uh and
0: was playing like yes it too.
1: absolutely he was absolutely he was all right well that does it for our emails do you have a winner my friend
0: it was a dead heat to me okay uh, between Curtis and the uh, question about NHL dynasties yes and Alex's question about Jonathan drewin I am I'm going with Alex okay. because I really that that to me when we get listener emails I always want the scenarios presented to us to be feasible because then that means we can at least have a discussion about it no matter what the outcome is. Even if we say no, that's not gonna happen. You know, it's hard to envision a scenario. That was a that was a good hockey discussion that that question precipitated. So I really liked Curtis's dynasty question. I thought uh, the thoughts on Mike Milbury were good too. But I'm gonna go and go with Alex.
1: All right, Alex, I'm gonna reach into my drawer here, pull out a card here. Hang on, I don't want to peek. yes all right Alex this is great this is the best thing I've ever come up with in my life period you are the proud owner of a 1992 Winnipeg Jets Randy Carlisle card
0: yes oh my god yes
1: this is the essence this is why we do this (laughs) Randy Carlisle the best part it's a pro set and I, I remember this vividly. I went to a card shop that was closing, and I bought the whole, like, you know, you could buy the whole, uh, what do you, like, the season pack or whatever? Yeah. You buy the entire collection. I got it for, like, three bucks. The NHL Pro Set, 1992, but it's all in French.
0: Oh, no! yes!
1: Yeah, so it's really cool. It re- is it is a cool card. And Randy Carlisle, the coach of the Ducks, and the Leafs, and the Ducks, and the Ducks, and the Ducks, and the, Ducks and the Caps, and the Ducks, and the Ducks, and forever back to the Ducks. But, uh, yes, you are the proud owner, Alex of a randy carlisle card congratulations
0: did you know yes randy carlisle won a norris trophy
1: i did not know that let me see if it's on the card here
0: he won a norris trophy with the pittsburgh penguins
1: 1981
0: yep he scored 16 goals and dished out 67 assists that year i know that was the 80s and i know hockey in the 80s was just a completely bonkers sport like routinely games last games ended like you know eight to six or yeah. you know whatever but just the fact that randy Carlyle had 83 points in a season and won the norris trophy i never would have guessed it man ever
1: well i'm looking here it has um 87 through 91 listed and his points <laughs> go 59 44 then he had some injuries the next two years 18 and 28 so he was a put some points up yeah yeah. Played over
0: a thousand NHL games. Yeah,
1: this one at this point, 967 NHL games for Andy Carlisle.
0: Yep. Uh had fourteen hundred career penalty minutes and was a minus one thirty-five.
1: There you go. Yeah. All right, well, that was fun.
0: I enjoyed it, yeah.
1: All right. By the way, production meeting on the air. Oh, We're yes. doing a podcast every week this summer. That's it. Okay. We're gonna do it. They could be short, they could be sweet. But we owe it to our listeners. We owe it to our fans. We owe it to our sponsors to do a podcast every week. So we're going to do that for y'all. And if there is a m- week where we have to miss, we'll do our best to do two later to make up for it. But we're going to be consistent. We're, I think it's good for us, to be frank, um, to remain in the minds of people here. So we don't have to completely restart the engine when the season begins, too. So I, I think it's helpful on every front. We're going to do our best to get a new podcast to you guys every week. And, uh, man, it shouldn't be a problem because there's going to be a ton going on in Blackhawks world this summer. So, And I'll
0: try to do a good job of watching other uh, games just so we can kind of maybe provide some uh, context for what's going on in the rest of the NHL, too. I mean, you know what? Let's just go ahead and we'll throw it open. Anybody has any suggestions on how we talk about hockey over the summer, let us know. Like, if you have, like, a feature idea or whatever and we like it, I'm sure we can dig into our uh, drawer of many prizes and we could make something happen for you if you suggest something that ends up, you know, really working and becoming part of the podcast. We love talking about hockey. We assume that you guys enjoy hearing us talk about hockey, so feel free to send us some su- some ju- ugh, suggestions. Now now your lack of English is infecting me, Jay. This is Sorry. bad. No, hey, if, if you,
1: you help us out, you could be the proud owner of a Gary Lehman card. <laughs> it's the next one i pulled out there's some real bad freaking cards in here (laughs) no way dude that's mine all right you got the gary lehman it's got your name all over it all right uh oh by the way we got some good entries on the idea for the draft tickets uh, continue to send those in. I've got some that are my favorites. i got some we're weighing. And we got some intern resumes, too. So I, I have to go through those. Oh, my um, God. We
0: actually got intern listen,
1: resumes. The, the intern resume is going to be random. I'm not actually evaluating them. I'm just going to put them all in a pile. I'm going to write the names, throw them in a hat, and pick one. So that's how we're going to do that. But keep sending them in if you're interested to be our intern. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast, which has been brought to you by Triple Threat Sports. For all your team outfitting needs, call Chris at 708-478-6090. Marishka's in Crest Hill, family-owned and operated since 1933. And our new sponsor, Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe in Burbank and Darien. Visit chuckscafe.com. Thank you all so much for listening to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. And we will talk to you next week, we promise. If you look around, you'll see the world can be pretty smart. When the big wireless carriers start trying to get you to splurge your tax return on the latest nonsense this year, just tune it out. With Straight Talk Wireless, you can get a Samsung Galaxy A51 for just $199 on America's best networks. Straight Talk Wireless, available
0: at Walmart. Savings may vary. See straighttalk.com.